I'm Marla. And I'm Erica. And you're listening to Royal Tea, a podcast where we discuss all the latest royal family drama, obsess over Meghan Markle, gossip about love and romance, and you know, just uh, generally live vicariously through their very bougie lives. This week, we're going to be doing a lot of catching up on how coronavirus is affecting these royals, but that's not all. We're also going to catch up with Megan and Harry in LA, what their lives look like, what taxes look like, all that fun stuff. It's going to be a great week. (laughs) But first, Marla, did you have a princess or a peasant moment this week? I'm going to say that I'm having an overall peasant week. I would say this is like, I've had like low level anxiety about the virus, but I felt like it was really amped up this week. And just anytime I leave the house, like trying to remember what I've disinfected and washed and what I haven't, and just the general stress of like hearing my neighbors cough or oh my gosh um it's just been a lot it's been very peasanty because I feel like I'm constantly trying to scrub something you know (laughs) is there a reason why this week has felt worse to you than past weeks I've asked myself that a lot and I don't know if it's just like the accumulation of time now Mm -hmm. um like I think I'm pretty good at kind of being like, oh, it's fine. Um, But turns out, I guess, three weeks is the limit on my ability to mentally do that. (laughs) It's also, we both live in Los Angeles. And with that mask kind of recommendation that they've done in the city, I've noticed like an interesting phenomenon where if I have not mask, but either a homemade mask or a bandana or just something covering your face. But I've noticed when you have that on, people feel like they can get closer to you. Oh, interesting. And it's been very like upsetting for me. And I'm not sure if I feel like wearing a shirt that says I'm contagious, but then that would upset people. I just, I don't know how to get that distance between me and others. (laughs) So like when you go to the store, you feel like people have gotten closer to you? Um, I haven't gone to the store, but sometimes I'll just go outside. Um, Like a neighbor wanted to talk to me the other day and she just kept getting closer and closer while I had this mask on. Like it was like a bandana. And I just thought, I feel like if I didn't have this on, you wouldn't be like walking closer to me. Yeah. Maybe put headphones in. She was trying to ask me something like, um, yeah, I don't know. What's have you? I, I haven't gone to the grocery store yet. I'm still working up um, the courage to do so. I've been eating a real weird assortment of foods. <laughs> I did go to the grocery store for the first time this weekend, and I had to. I will give a shout out to the Whole Foods in Pasadena. Um, I went there this weekend because they have some fake meats generally that I haven't been able to get for a while. And so I figured I would just try and go see if I could get some protein. Um, And I needed to give them props because I waited in line for probably 45 minutes because they were trying to monitor how many people were in the store at any given time. And while waiting in line was really annoying, like it was actually one of the best shopping experiences 
I have had since all of this started going down because there were so few people in the store. It was very pleasant. Everyone seemed more or less, you know, like they were trying to respect people's distance. Everything was stocked, which made it feel a lot less like we were living in the apocalypse. Amazing. Yeah, it was incredible. And even like when you went up to the cashier stand, like people were like disinfecting everything. So it just felt a lot safer. They did a really, really great job. So I hope that more companies start taking, you know, that a tip out of that playbook because it definitely like eased my, you know, paranoia a lot. And did you go on a weekend or a weekday? Um, I went on Saturday morning. So it wasn't even like around the time of their opening. I think I got there at like 1030 or 11. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was great. And they still had everything. Yeah, I'm trying to think. There was like a couple things that I couldn't get. But for the most part, they had eggs. They had tons of produce. They had, yeah, they had almost everything that I needed. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, it was great. Highly recommended. All right. Well, as soon as I build up courage, I (laughs) shall also go to the grocery store. (laughs) Totally understandable. These are crazy times. All right. Uh, And was that your princess or peasant moment? Yeah, we can call that my princess moment. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, we don't have to. I I just realized we hadn't done one for you yet. Oh, no, I like that more than what I was going to say. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, a real Cinderella. I'm like the pre-Cinderella, just uh, mopping her floors and... You're the post Cinderella just twirling around Whole Foods with (laughs) delight. Oh my gosh. We've sunk so low. I know. It's hard to have princess or peasant moments when you're locked in your house. Truly. There is nothing going on. I hope our listeners understand how much we are digging at the bottom of the barrel. (laughs) I think they know. (laughs) We are clawing at the barrel. Oh my God. So should we get into it? Catch up with Corona with the Royals? (laughs) What was that? Catch up with Corona and the Royals. Oh my goodness. Boy, should we ever. So Charles, um, he's following the social distancing rules and he actually opened a hospital virtually. And um, honestly, what I loved most about the video is how over this virus he seems to be. (laughs) I mean he does seem very over it when I saw that in the notes I was like oh is she being facetious or exaggerating nope he seems very over it like if there could be an eye roll tone his entire his entire speech was just like, oh, now that I'm on the other side of this virus. Like, it was just so annoyed. Um, I will say one thing that has taken me by surprise over and over again, and it's not only during coronavirus stuff. I've noticed this at other points. But it's definitely been in my mind this week because there have been several addresses from different royals that – it's so funny because we we hear about them and we hear from them pretty frequently. 
and we talk about them every single week on this podcast. Yeah. But we, I feel like we hear their actual voices so rarely that every time I hear any of their voices, it's such a shock. Yeah, they do have, yeah, I guess we don't hear much. We mostly see them like nodding and shaking hands. Yeah, we see photos of them. We might see video clips of them outside, but we really don't hear their voices. And so I think I have imaginary voices in my head for them that whenever they actually talk, it never matches up in my mind. That's really interesting. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually curious if, um, if them doing virtual speeches and openings will replace them in person meeting with people at least, I mean, because people expect this virus to go on for a while and maybe die down in the summer and come back in the fall and winter. And I'm curious if, like, over the next even year, if we'll just see more and more of these virtual um, appearances, I guess. I don't even know what to call them. Yeah, I wonder if the queen is going to be doing some Instagram lives. <laughs> oh, dear God. Everybody in their Instagram People need to stop going live. Um, <laughs> there's just, I don't know how people have content right now and everybody's doing their own entertainment for people. Like I don't, it's hard to catch up with it. Yeah. I do feel like people are acting like we have no content to consume, which yes. is, um, false we have too much content we don't need more content i agree with you even in quarantine we're we're filled up on on content guys well the content that everybody was excited about is the queen's formal address which she gave on sunday and it's the only it's only the fourth time in history that she's done this she's done it during the gulf war after her mother died and before Princess Diana's funeral. So this is a very rare occurrence. And she addressed the nation slash the rest of the world. Um, did you get a chance to see the address? I did, and I found it to be so soothing. She has a very soothing bedtime story voice. She really does. And it also just reminded me that it feels like right now, even the leaders, all the leaders, including the leaders that I like, feel so wacky and panicked right now that there was something about watching this that just felt like, oh, like, thank God we have a calm, rational leader who can just give me a warm hug and tell me it's going to be okay. <laughs> right. How did you feel watching it? Um, I really liked it. It's funny because there are sort of two cameras obviously that they had on her and when I watched the first shot which is pretty much like to her knees it felt at first I was like did they like video edit her like is that just her mouth like because she's not moving she's so still I was like what is happening and then they went closer they had a closer shot and she you can see her talking but in the first shot I was like is this just like you know when people do that with animals they just yeah. like make the mouth move I was like she's not moving at all this is crazy um but she's just very poised 
<laughs> That's my weird comment about her speech. It was the only thing that I found distracting. I liked her message, about, and it was expected. It was about unity and coming together. Um, some people felt like she threw shade at Megan and Harry when she said, you know, you're not able to be around your family members. I oh, didn't see on. it as shade. Yeah, I thought it was reality and mm-hmm. what most people are facing right now. Like, I'm not near my family. Neither um, am I. Exactly. So I didn't think it was shade. Um, the one other thing I did love is I thought it was a beautiful dress that she was wearing. And it was a subtle hint kind of towards the medical workers because it was a very, you see scrubs in that color all the time. And I thought oh. maybe it was a nice nod to those people. I didn't even think of that, but that is a very good observation. Well, she usually communicates a lot in her clothing. Yeah. So I'm assuming nothing is an accident. Yeah, of course not. But that's a really great, I'm glad that you pointed it out. That's really nice. Yeah. Oh, well, that's a good transition for this next story. Speaking of families not being able to be together, that apparently Prince William is reportedly hurt that Harry isn't with the family during coronavirus. Yeah. I don't know how to feel um, about this. I mean, if anything, I wonder if Prince Harry isn't kind of upset. Like, this must be a hard time to not be around his Grammy, right? When you worry, I think we're all worried about, like, or at least I was, because initially it seemed like it was hitting an older population harder. So, like, I worried about my grandparents, and you'd think Harry would probably worry about his grandma. Yeah, I mean, I think we're all worried about our friends and family, but I think to say that you're hurt, like, it wouldn't be, I feel like it would have been more dangerous for her to be out there right now. Oh, I don't think she should be out there, but I I wonder, like, I don't know, maybe, I think William and Harry are just maybe upset at each other, or like, yeah. I don't know if it's specific to Corona, but I could see Harry being upset that he's not close by in case something, if my dad had coronavirus, wouldn't you want to be close by? I guess there's not much you can do. I'm just yeah, talking in circles I mean. around like, this. If something happens, what can any of us do? You know? Just, just cry. Yeah, which you can do that from abroad. <laughs> it's true. Despite it's that- every day. I did find it comforting that apparently a source close to Meghan Markle did say that um, Harry and William are communicating on a, quote, pretty consistent basis. Um, And, you know, the source also said that they're speaking, but that it's awkward. But I do hope, you know, and I think that probably a lot of us are going through things like this, that, you know, such a crazy crisis is hopefully helping people put you know, let bygones be bygones and try to move through that stuff for the sake of, you know, what's going on. So who knows? Maybe they'll move through those awkward conversations and this will just make their relationship even closer. I hope so. Yeah, that would be a nice, nice little side outcome out of all of this. (laughs) Um, Just hearkening back to the coronavirus uh, speech, we did come across an old broadcast 
of Queen Elizabeth and Princess Margaret, which was so cute. So cute. So it was during the war, World War II, and it was called BBC's Children's Hour. And Queen Elizabeth made an address to the children of the UK. And she's just, oh my God, it's so cute. That's... (laughs) (laughs) So she made this address when she was only 14 years old, which really took me by surprise because she sounds much younger to me on the address, which I think is just a reminder that we are inundated with 14-year-old TikTok celebrities who sound a lot more mature than they are. Yeah, I mean, it's also that old-timey 50s way of talking, which maybe makes it seem younger. I don't know. I mean, I should clarify that what I mean is that her voice sounds very young. Like, her words sound very mature and articulate. I definitely did not sound that way at 14. I don't even sound that way now. But it was very sweet to listen to and just see how like poised she was at such a young age. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you can see she was training for Queen her entire life. And the end kills me because Princess Margaret is sitting beside her and she's like, come on, Margaret. And Margaret's like, good night, kids. Like, (laughs) (laughs) that was a spot on. Spot on impression. <laughs> it was like probably because I've listened to it a hundred times. It like makes me. It gives me so much joy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, I should just say really quick before we move out of coronavirus news that I just got a push notification from CNN that says that um, Boris Johnson has been put into intensive care a day after being hospitalized, which is terrifying. Oh my goodness. That is terrifying. I can't imagine what it must be like for people who are in the UK right now, just between Brexit and coronavirus and now Boris Johnson and all of the royal drama. There's so much going on. There is a lot. And I've noticed like a lot of world leaders in other countries seem to have caught coronavirus. But correct me if I'm wrong, nobody in the US has gotten sick. Have they? Like, there have been a couple um, Congress members. I think there's maybe two that have gotten it. Um, But other than that, no, I don't think anyone else has. Yeah, like I was just thinking, like Sophie Trudeau, the, I mean, we don't call them first ladies, but that's the equivalent of what it would be in Canada, (laughs) Um, uh, had it. And yeah, Boris Johnson. And I know I'm forgetting other people, but I I did notice, I was thinking about this the other day, like nobody really at the top in the U.S. has gotten it. Yeah. I do kind of feel like it's only a matter of time, given that Pence and Trump keep insisting on shaking hands, and Trump has said that he won't wear a face mask because he doesn't believe that it will be helpful. You know, I... I just feel like he's being a little naive about how viruses work. (laughs) Right. So, of course, they've already been tested once, but, like, who knows what we'll see in the next month. Eee. All right. Scary. Maybe let's get out of coronavirus news. I loved this. It's not current, but 
there was an article in Town and Country magazine that showed the times Diana, Princess Diana, had lent her clothes. Like people had borrowed things out of her wardrobe. And I loved this. I love this too. And you know what this reminded me of? No, what? I mean, I know it's not a direct correlation, but it did make me think of the Sayonara Zara party. Oh, hilarious. So yeah. for our listeners who might not remember, Sayonara Zara, allegedly um, Meghan Markle, once she got her role in Suits and realized she was stepping up in the Hollywood world, had a close where she gave away all of her Zara or equally lower and not couture clothes to her friends and called it Sayonara Zara. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a pretty funny thing for her to do in hindsight, given that we've seen her wear, I think we've still seen her wear Zara and H&M and some like kind of more casual brands. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I definitely felt like there was like, you know, a sense of like fashion equality here between the two of them. That's so interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, I loved, like, when you scroll through the article, it shows that Diana's sister actually borrowed her clothes quite often. <laughs> um, and I thought about that, and I was like, yeah, I mean, if your sister is the Princess of Wales and she's willing to lend you clothes, do it. Hell yeah. I would be all about that. Um, and it was her older sister, Lady Sarah McCorkadale. I might have been butchering that last name, but um, and the other person that she lent a dress to was Fergie. Oh yeah. Which, These pictures also are just such a reminder of how much fashion has changed. <laughs> yeah. Cause so Diana, these would have been what from the eighties? Yeah, probably eighties, yeah. early nineties, maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's mostly her sister who rewears her jackets and but I was I was fascinated that another princess would borrow like I can't imagine Kate and Megan borrowing clothes from each other. Can you? Yeah, I guess not. I also I also wonder how much of this though was like Without social media, maybe people were a little bit more willing to be seen in clothes that were reworn because you wouldn't necessarily have like Twitter pulling up those pictures immediately. Right. I don't know if I stick to that sentiment, but that's the first thing that comes to mind. Like maybe it was just a little easier back then. Yeah, it might have been. I I do feel like I probably wouldn't have done it. I like if Fergie had done it today, I feel like she would have gotten roasted for it. Yes. Yeah. Um, I do, though, think that royals should do this more often. (laughs) It's a little crazy to think of all the clothes that just go sitting in a closet. That's true. Yeah. Um, Though some of them end up in, like, museums, I think. Yeah, for sure. But still. Come on. Let's give those clothes some, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? (laughs) all of our brains are so dead from this virus Um, you just think they should experience the world more often yeah give them some more experience let them go air out in the sunshine (laughs) 
Perfect. I think we're all in a place now where we're wishing we could get dressed up and go places. So don't deprive these clothes. Well, to be seen. Maybe we'll see Jessica Mulroney running around in Megan's clothes. Or she's not a princess anymore, so it won't count. Kate, it's Aww. up to Kate now. She has to she has to carry on this legacy. It would be really cute if one day we saw Charlotte wearing some of Kate's clothes, right? That would be really cute. I'd love that. Yes. Um, cool. Well, let's catch up with Harry and Megan and what we know about their LA life. Mm-hmm. Very interesting article from The Guardian. Yep. Did you have any big takeaways from this? What stood out to you the most? I think that your worst nightmare is going to come true. <laughs> um, I 1,000% agree. Yes. I mean, I, I do think it's interesting. So The Guardian wrote about what their life in Los Angeles might look like based on what they know. So despite what people said, a lot of people didn't think that they would get a home in Malibu just because it is difficult um, privacy-wise. There's only one way in and out. Uh, they did seem to get a home in a Malibu private, um, not private, gated community. Uh, and one of their first things they did was hire Catherine St. Laurent, who previously worked for Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, to head up their nonprofit. So I think they're definitely setting the tone for what they hope to accomplish in the future. Um, but yeah, they're right in the heart of Malibu. Yep. <laughs> They've also hired a PR firm that represents a b bunch of other big celebrities, which makes me, I mean, obviously they need PR, but I'm just, I'm wary about how they'll be moving forward. But one thing about this article that did make me feel like, oh, I can see that is that they said that they're kind of assuming that their closest um, example of the kind of life that they might lead is the Obamas, which yeah. I could kind of see them being similar to them, like taking like a Netflix deal or a Disney deal to do some great documentaries, writing some books. Um, they did also mention, which I thought was very interesting, that a lot of businesses such as Snapchat, which I work on Snapchat, <laughs> <laughs> I know um, I thought of you. <laughs> might be interested in working with Harry and having him sit on their boards, which I thought would be really interesting. I never even considered the fact that that could very well be something that Harry does. Do you think Harry would do that? I don't know if he necessarily is going to sit on Snapchat's board, but I could see him sitting on the board of some kind of social enterprise, yeah. Okay. Don't yeah. you? I don't, I'm curious. I think that's going to be, I don't know. I'm just imagining here's a, like a man who has grown up and really never been allowed to show a political preference to endorse any brands, to get anything for free. Um, and suddenly he's outside of that. And I feel like, I don't know, that would be a really overwhelming place to be where whatever he does is going to speak volumes and is going to be dissected to death. And I, I, I don't know. There's got to be a lot of pressure 
on him. Yeah, for sure. I think anything that they end up being involved with will probably all have to be aligned to like whatever they make their main cause about, you know? Yeah. Which I'm sure a lot of that will probably be, you know, gender equality, um, diversity, things environmental. Like yeah. I mean, I also did read an article that said that Megan wanted to restart the TIG. I wish you could see my face right now because I'm just shaking my head. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if that is true, but I read that she wanted to relaunch it and to write another cookbook. And I could see her doing a cookbook with some sort of like environmental bend or like kind of like she did with the um in 2018 with her charity cookbook uh but I don't know do we really need a lifestyle blog I also read in the Guardian that they thought like she would she would love being at Gwyneth Paltrow's goop and that was one thing I didn't actually agree with I was like I don't think she's gonna go hang out with the people at goop yeah this is my concern is I think there is a fine line between being someone who is lifestyle and wellness adjacent like Michelle Obama and being a lifestyle hack like Gwyneth Paltrow or maybe Kourtney Kardashian and I I think it's gonna be (laughs) they need to be very careful basically to walk that line cautiously because I don't want them to fall into this like kitschy weird lifestyle brand right (sighs) stressing me out well no matter what they do they are gonna have to eventually deal with um immigration and tax (laughs) I can't believe we're talking about this again no I but also oh here is one reason I did want to talk about this Because no matter, sorry, Um, so Megan and Archie are U.S. citizens, Mm -hmm. but Harry will need to have some sort of status. And what I found so crazy about this is that all of his options are, he needs to open up about his finances and a lot of the royal things that just haven't been um, open to the public before. Mm-hmm. So it, no matter if he comes in on a visa or a green card or whatever, he's going to have to disclose things that I don't think the royal family are going to want disclosed. Well, can you open up about, like, what you think might come out of this? Because even last week when we talked about it, it sounded like you were under the impression that he wasn't going to be coming in with a lot of finances. Well, he'll, he's definitely the beneficiary of a trust from Diana. So mm-hmm. he is, so maybe with a trust, like, that isn't, but he's got bank accounts. He yeah. must. Um, here's the other thing I found funny, because he could come in as a diplomat, but... Mm-hmm. But that would be up to the British government. And if he's not, he's not really doing anything for the government. (laughs) Um, So that might not happen. He could come in on an extraordinary ability visa, maybe as a philanthropist. Yeah. Or 
he could take the route. And this is what I thought would be really funny. And why I find it hard to believe that he's even subject to this. I feel like there's some weird caveat for ex-princes. But anyway, um, if he did it based on Megan's citizenship, they have to prove that their love is real. And <laughs> what that requires from most people is showing personal photographs over the years and email exchanges, text exchanges. <laughs> and I thought, there's no way they're going to do that. <laughs> oh. I thought so, you were joking at first because they have so many photos and like probably so many emails. But yeah, you're right. They would have to open up a lot more. Like personal things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, I find it, I don't know. I don't think they're going to be subject to the same scrutiny that most people immigrating into the U.S. would be. But I could be wrong. (laughs) But I did find it funny to think about Meghan and Harry having to, for couples who are, if, you know, if you were to marry a U.S. citizen and you are getting a green card based on their status, you do have to print out emails and emails and cards and just to show that you've had an established relationship over the years. And they'll sometimes interview you privately, like separate the two of you and ask you questions like, <laughs> what's their favorite color? What would they make it like? And I, just to imagine them going through this process made me laugh so hard. <laughs> it is very funny. I love to even, there was one lawyer who specializes in international tax planning who mentioned that they might have to make sure he doesn't spend more than 120 days in the U.S. And it's like, (laughs) oh my goodness. I hope that they're not trying to go through all these crazy loopholes and rigmarole. Well, and they might have to. Depending on what, I mean, I'm sure the royal family is weighing in on this too. Yeah, that's true. So he might have to spend more time in the UK. It's Yeah, we're working with unprecedented territory here, so I'm excited to see what happens. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, I guess a lot of that will have to do with how things play out with this virus. Right. They might be stuck here easily for 120 days. Mhm. 120 days isn't that many days. It's true. It's roughly four months. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I love this last story. I do too. (laughs) So Meghan Markle's royal hairstylist gave a look behind how they created some of her most iconic looks. And it was very endearing. Mm -hmm. A lot of it seemed to be around trying to make sure that she appeared approachable um, and trying to create this look that was like the look of a modern princess wanting her to look like something to aspire to and that someone that you could relate to and I I just love that I think that's very very sweet and I actually think that's very true of Megan's look is she is beautiful but she looks very you know natural and attainable she doesn't look like a lot of celebrities that you see who, you know, have maybe a ton of work done or a ton of makeup or filters. She just has a very down-to-earth, you know, look about her. Yeah, 
So her, the whole style she was hoping to go for was of the people's princess and to keep her California uh, easy girl roots. And um, yeah, and I mean, her hair's gorgeous. As much as she wants to say like she's attainable and approachable, like my hair could never. Actually, your hair, you do have Megan hair. I Well, I think, I don't even know how to say it. It's it's not that she's not like undeniably gorgeous, but she just has something about her that looks I don't know how to word it. It does seem attainable in a sense. Like it's not like you know, this one picture that's in the article, like she's got her hair down with a little bit of a wave and she's got a white button up. Like a white button up and like loose curls is attainable by pretty much anybody. Okay. For the listeners. Erica's hair naturally is stunning. Like she has Meghan Markle hair. She'll come over and, well, not now because we're social distancing clearly by the sound of this recording. I'm sorry. Um, But she will come over with a top knot and she will just take it out and like shake her head. And she has Victoria's secret hair. Or it could also be known as Meghan Markle hair. It's insane. I'm trying to keep this have, focused on the story at hand. I'm sorry. It's true, though. She has people's princess hair. I feel Thank like you. our listeners need to know that. I appreciate it. Well, you have Megan's flawless skin, so we all have something to aspire to. Um, I did, like, yeah, I was curious. How do you think her style varies from Kate? Kate seems pretty approachable, too. It's funny that you say that because there is something more, there's a quality about Megan that feels a little bit more like letting your hair down than Kate. Like Kate still, I don't know if I would say that Kate seems approachable to me, but Megan feels approachable to me for some reason. But it's right. more of a, a vibe unspoken thing. effortlessness that I, that I can describe. That makes sense. (laughs) I understand. But, you know, they've also had, like, much different roles in the royal family, so it would make sense that Kate wouldn't necessarily feel like the people's princess. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, hopefully we see Megan's real-life breezy style in person when this is lifted and she's wandering around (laughs) Los Angeles drinking juice with Harry and Archie. (laughs) Well, thanks for listening, guys. Remember to please subscribe. And if you enjoyed this podcast, leave a review. It will really help our show. And if you have any questions, you can email us at theroyalteapod at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at theroyalteapodcast. And until next week, stay stay royal. royal.